0: Uh, but the other two gospels starts with the birth of Jesus Christ, and it's so easy to say, "Oh, Jesus was just a man like us." You know, he he had a birthplace, he had parents. You know, he had a, a time when he came into the world, and we can so easily um, bring Jesus Christ down to our level. But John, in his gospel, doesn't give us that option. When John opens up his gospel. He says that Jesus Christ was there with God in the beginning. And not only that, he says that Jesus Christ was the creator. So let's look at that verse in, in, um, in John chapter 1. It says this. Through him, speaking about Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made That has been made. You read Matthew's gospel. And you're thinking about Mary and Joseph. And and, and, and a baby in a a manger. But you come to John's gospel. And he lists your thoughts higher than that. And he says he is one who is a creator. Now not only does John speak like that. But also Paul speaks like that. When he writes in his letter to the Colossians he says this the son is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. And if Paul is not enough. If John is not enough. Even the, um, the Hebrew writer. Says this. In um, his opening statements. In his book. But in his last days. He has spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him. Through whom also. He made the universe. For this Jesus. Jesus. It's not just someone like me and you with a birth date and a parents and a place that we were born. This Jesus is far greater and far higher than us. And John brings that out in the first openings of his gospel. Now because this is true, a number of things, a number of things that I want to say. The first thing I want to say is this. Jesus Christ is... The true life. Jesus Christ is the true life. So John writes, and he says this, a few verses, he says this. In him was life. Now the life that John has in mind, the life that John is focusing upon, is not a physical life. When John says, in him was life, John is speaking about an eternal life. Not a physical life, an internal life. It is life with a capital L. In him was eternal life. In him was spiritual life. In him was real life. That is what John is saying. He's moving away from the physical, and he's saying that in Jesus was eternal life now we live in the world where our society really focuses not upon the eternal our society focuses upon the physical all the time and the devil helps us in that as well he loves you to keep on focusing upon the physical and you know what we can't be blamed because the physical life is important Let's face it, look around you, there's people here that you love. People that you are, 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 are your parents or your, you know, your children or your husband or your wife, your friends are here and the physical is very important. Praise God for our homes that we go to, praise God for our car that will take us there. All of these things are very important. We mustn't underestimate that. You know, I remember just a few months ago, we saw on our news, remember, the, um, where Joe Biden pulled out all the American troops from Afghanistan. And on our TV screens, we saw hundreds, if not thousands, of Afghan people trying to get on a plane, trying to escape the Taliban. And over in Pakistan, we have our contact there, a guy called Nazim. And he's looking after 56 families, Afghan families, who fleed the um, Taliban in, 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 in Afghanistan. And now they're in Pakistan in hiding. And they're there. And they've left their cars behind. They've left their homes behind. they left their jobs behind. they're being kept safe in Pakistan and what's happening with them is this, they are saying I haven't got my home, I haven't got my car but I've got my health, I've got my children with me they're important and we mustn't underestimate the importance of the physical things that we have around us they're very important but John this morning wants to get your eyes to be raised up of the physical, even though it is important. And begin to cause you to look at the eternal. Cause you to look at what is spiritual. Because real life is eternal life. That's what is really important. Yes, the physical life is important. But what's really important is eternal life. Spiritual life. Now listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said this. He says this in um, Luke's Gospel. He, He said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard. Be careful. A man's life does not exist in how much he has. And then he goes on to speak about a certain man. This certain man had a, a wonderful harvest. His harvest grew. The, the crops was fantastic. The, the, the grain was, 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 was multiple. And he said to himself, you know what, I am not am going to do. I'm going to pull down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns where I can store all my grain. And he spoke to himself. And we have what he said to himself here in um, the Bible. He says here, and I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Here was a man relaxing. If he was in our modern day, he would make sure he put up on, on Instagram, on his Facebook, you know, his big barns. He will make sure everybody sees how luxurious life has. He will take photographs of his new meal, his steak and his his chips, and he'll take a photograph of it and he will put it up there on Instagram so everyone can see just how luxury his life has become. Because to him, his possessions and his life was everything. And everyone would look on Instagram and everybody would look on Facebook and they would say, wow, I wish I was him. But what would God say to him? What did God say to him? Well, we have it here. God said something to this man. And God looked at him. And God said to him, You fool! Everyone says how wonderful you are. Everyone is speaking about how great you are. Everyone's commenting on your post on your Instagram. But I want to say, say God, i got something to say. You fool. You see, what God is saying is that a man is a fool because he's not rich towards him. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. God wants you, my dear friend, to be rich towards him. Yes, the physical things are important. Let's not underestimate that. But to have a relationship with him, to know him and to have him involved in your life causes you to be rich towards him and he will never call you a fool if you have a relationship with him. Get the focus right. The life, true life, is found in no one else but in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so often people look for life at the bottom of a bottle. They look for life in a relationship. They look for life in in, in activity and sport. They look for life in business and in commerce. And they look for life. But true life is found only in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so that's why John opens up his book with these words, in him was life. He is life. The second thing that Jesus Christ is, not only is he the true life, but also he is the true light. Let's look at these few verses that we've read in 1 John, in John 1, verse 4 and 5. In him was life, and that life with the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hath not overcome it. You know, in John's Gospel, he writes, isn't he, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And John likes comparing darkness and light, light and darkness, very interesting when Grant was praying and Grant mentioned about darkness. As he was praying, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's what I'm going to be speaking about. There's darkness and there's light and Jesus is the true light. Now John, when he speaks about Jesus coming in, the incarnation, Jesus comes into a very dark place, into a very dark world and he brings light. Now this world Has always been dark. Right back in Genesis. Look what it says. Over in Genesis chapter 6. Not so long after the creation. Of the man fall. It says this. The Lord saw. How great the wickedness. Of the human race had become. On the earth. And that every inclination. Of the thoughts of the human heart. Was only evil. All the time. That was a state of the world back in Genesis. But my dear friend, it's the same thing today. You know, we have darkness all around us. Even in the royal family, you know, we've got Prince Andrew trying to um, wriggle himself out of his relationship with a guy who hanged himself in prison. We have Boris Johnson breaking his own regulations and rules and saying, I didn't know it was a party. I thought it was a workers do. Trying to escape. But he's lying. And this guy's in our top parliament that we trust. Lying. Darkness in the royal family. Darkness in parliament. Last year, sad story about Three young 15, 16-year-olds stabbed to death by the end of last year. We don't know about it so much. We've moved on. But those families who've lost those 15 and 16-year-olds last year and the beginning of this year are still suffering from the stabbing and the killing of their children. How about that young Asian lady in Kidbrook just going to walk to see her friend being dragged away and murdered by somebody? Or how about a young girl over in Ireland, out there training, doing her own little thing, dragged away by some guy and murdered. I was listening to a a documentary, a news story, only four years ago, over in Barking. Barking. Four gay young boys get murdered by another gay guy, injected with drugs, and left for dead in the street. Talk about darkness. Our society is full of darkness. Nothing has changed. We live in a generation where darkness is everywhere. But there is a light. Hallelujah. There is a light that has shone in the darkness. You cannot hide it. You cannot try to suppress it. There's a light that has shined in the darkness. And that dark, that light is indeed the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason why the, 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 the light is not understood by the darkness. It's very clear. John mentions why the darkness cannot understand the light. He says it in his in the next couple of chapters, look at John chapter three. What he says in his book: "This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light. Why? Because the deeds were evil. The reason why." The light is rejected. The reason why the light is ignored is because men love the darkness rather than the light. Do you know, in 1879, Thomas Edison invented the electric light bulb. And there's a story, and I said this before, I'll say it again because probably some of you would not hear before when I said it last time. But there's a story about a wealthy family who always had candles. Everyone had candles. Before 1879, everyone had candles to light their homes. But this family was wealthy enough to get the Edison light bulbs. And so they had the people come to the house and they, they fitted the electricity and they put all the bulbs in the different rooms of the house. And the owners of the house called in their neighbours and called in their family and said come to my house, we're going to have a grand turning on of the light and so they got their friends and families in and as the weather got a bit darker, they got it all ready and they turned on the light bulb everyone was amazed The light was so bright, it lit everything out in the room. They couldn't believe it. This Thomas Edison's light bulb was revolutionary, and everybody was standing there with mouth open for a few moments. And then they looked around the house and they saw that the, the candles have made all the dirt on the wall and the ceiling and they saw dust behind the sofa and they saw drink stains on the floor that they couldn't see before in the daytime. The light exposed and showed all the dirt that was around the house. The owners of the house were embarrassed and the people left the house and they left with two things in their mind. Some left saying, I'm never going to get those light bulbs in my house. left saying, I need to go home and clean my house. If it's that filthy and they're richer than me, I'll just go home and clean my house. You know there's two things. When the light shines there's two things that you can do. When the light shines into your life, you can embrace it. And you can say, Jesus shine that light. I know that the corners in my life, in my world, that's not right. Show me Show me the dark areas. Show me the lying. Show me the deceit. Show me the trickery. Show me the slipperiness of my character. Lord, shine your light. I'm going to embrace that light in my life. And I want you to clean me up. You can do that. Or you can do another thing. You can run from the light. You can say this morning, You know what? I love my darkness. I love my sin. I like being a bit slippery. I like being a little bit, you know, deceitful. I, I like the way I've been doing my things in the dark. There's no way am I coming out into the, from the dark, into the light, and allowing my deeds to be exposed. Therefore, I'm going to sink back into the darkness. I'm certainly will going to come to Golding's Church, because when I come there, it exposes my darkness. I'm certainly not going to read the Bible When I read the Bible, it makes me see who I really am. The light shines into my life. And it makes me feel so uncomfortable that I'm going to run. My prayer is, my dear friend, that you will know that this light, when it shines in you, it shines because there's work to be done in your life. And as Grant said earlier on, it's because God loves you, that he shines that light in you. That you might be aware. Of what needs to be changed. I've got a third and final thing. That I'm going to say this morning. I spoke about the true life. I spoke about the true light. Now I'm going to speak finally. About a true witness. You see in the gospel. Of John. We are introduced. To the. Baptist. we introduce. introduced to John the Baptist. Now, I wish I can spend more time on him. He's a very fascinating character. But we read, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, John was a man who spent time with God in the wilderness, in the desert. Spent time praying and speaking with God. And God spoke to John and God said to John "Now go into, um, into the town go into the, the city and begin to speak about me and I'm going to tell you John I'm going to identify to you who this Jesus Christ is and so John was sent by God and as John went he wasn't the light himself he was a witness to the light and as John went, he spoke these words. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now what he is saying here is that repentance is important. His message was repent, repent, repent. What repentance was and is is a change of thinking, a change of lifestyle. Now the, the, the way you can change your lifestyle is that you have to change your thinking first. I can remember um, teaching our young children, Benjamin, Joseph, and Rachel, when they were really small. You know, we all had children and grandchildren. When they're really tiny, you take them out for the first time. They're doing a little step, a little walk, and they're out on the pavement. And the first place they want to walk to is into the road. And he says, no, 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 come away from the road, stay in the road. And they, they toddle around a little bit, and they go back into the road. And constantly, little children, as they're toddling around, they're constantly, and you have to tell them that you can't go into the road because the road is dangerous. You see that car? That car will splat you very quickly. Don't go into the road. And you train your children. And as the children begin to think about the dangers, their walk becomes different. As the children begin to think about the dangers of the road, they begin to walk straight and they begin to walk in the pavement where it was safer for them. You see, your thinking needs to change before your walking becomes right before God. And so what John the Baptist was doing was preparing the people to begin to walk right walk in a way that when the light comes in and exposes the darkness, people would begin to start saying, even before Jesus came, they would begin to start saying, I'm going to put down my lying. I'm going to put down my deceit. I'm going to put down my bad language. I'm going to put down my drugs and my addiction. I'm going to put down my my, my crooked behavior. I'm going to put down my backstabbing. I'm going to put down so much that is wrong. I'm going to want to walk right. So John came, the Baptist, and he came speaking, repent, change your thinking. Because if you change your thinking, then your actions will follow as well. He was the one who came to speak about the true light. He came as one to speak about the true life. And you know, Jesus Christ, yes, he wants to bless you physically. He wants to bless your children. He wants to bless your health. Wants to bless you in your physical life, in every area. But he mainly wants to bless you with eternal life. Listen to what he says in this verse I close with. He says this. I haven't got it written down here, but he says this. Now this is eternal life. Here it is. That they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. You can have eternal life now. You can start, don't wait till you get into the box. Don't wait till you get into the funeral parlor. Don't wait till you kick the bucket and you die. That's not when eternal life starts. Eternal life, my dear friend, starts right now. This is eternal life. That they might know you. And Jesus Christ. If you know him and you know Jesus, you have eternal life. Real life. Spiritual life. Everlasting life. Praise God for the physical. Praise God for the children and for the husband and the wife. Praise God for the homes and the cars. Praise God for blessing us materially. But that's not real life. True life is knowing Christ. And Christ alone. John opens his gospel and he wants to bring in light. May light come into your life and may you embrace it this morning and run with it this morning. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Oh, Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that when Grant prayed, Lord, and spoke about light and darkness and how it followed so wonderfully on to what I'm speaking about, Lord, that you want to bring that light into our lives because you love us. I pray that we might have not just the wonderful light of Jesus shining in us, but also we will have the wonderful life of Jesus being lived through us as well. We bless you. And we praise you, we thank you for fellowship, we thank you for worship, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.